Happy New Year, friends. On this week's first 2023 episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, I make my annual New Year's predictions for all things Tesla as 2023 gets started. Plus, Tesla hits an important production milestone for the 4680 battery cells. California will no longer allow Tesla to market full self-driving as full self-driving and more. friends. Happy New Year to you. I, of course, am Ryan McCaffrey, and this is episode 387 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast for January 1st, 2023. I hope all of you are having a wonderful new year. Start to your new 2023. Had a good time, fun, safe New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. And here we go. The world of Tesla never stops. And we will get started. I'm going to do my Tesla predictions for 2023 here in just a minute. But there are also other news stories to talk about. It was not a quiet week, as I would have guessed it would be here between uh, the Christmas and New Year's holidays. So there is plenty to get to. But first, I hope all of you ludicrous tier backers on my Patreon enjoyed this week's lightning round mini episode, which is made exclusively for Patreon. And this week, it was about my mini review of the Plaid Model X after I got to spend a couple of hours with it, thanks to very generous Patreon backer, Victoria Ayacoveto. So Victoria, thank you so much. It was fun to have lunch with her, do some Plaid Model X launches, and I talk all about the experience, what I like about the Model X Plaid and what I don't like about the Model X Plaid on that lightning round mini episode. As a reminder, anytime any of you decide to join my Patreon at that ludicrous tier or higher, that's the $10 per month or higher tier, you will get access to all of these lightning round mini episodes. There are almost 30 of them now. I'm not, I I think 29. So you can check them out at patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. All right, here we go. Let's just dive right in. My Tesla predictions for 2023, although I guess not quite dive right in. First, as is tradition, I have to score how I did last year and hold myself accountable for last year's predictions. So last year, uh, I'm changing the format this year, which I'll explain in a minute, but in years past, including last year, I've done this by car. So I've made... A sexy cars prediction, S3XYCARS, and I've uh, scored myself with a total of eight points, right? Eight, eight cars, eight vehicles total, and eight points. So here's how I did last year. For the Model X, excuse me, the Model S in 2022, I said this my prediction is that Tesla will offer an S on the 4680 batteries by the end of the year when the Cybertruck debuts and it will have a range of greater than 520 miles to beat both the Cybertruck and the Lucid Air. Whoops, I had a big swing and a miss on that one. We got neither a Model S with 4680 battery cells this year, nor did we see the Cybertruck go into production, nor did we, of course, have any deliveries of the Cybertruck as well. Heck, we didn't even get a Lucid Air killing Model S 
with the 18650 battery cells that had more than a 520 mile range. We've still got the 400 mile range Model S that we've had for the last year and a half. So that's zero points for me on that 2022 prediction. My next one was Model 3. I said, I don't think the 3 will get anything crazy like its own plaid mode. It'd probably need 4680 cells and a structural battery pack for that. So I'll go this way for my prediction. The Model 3 will get a will get new paint color choices for 2022. Well, cue up the price is right fail horn because that is another zero on the board for me on that prediction. The Model 3 certainly did not get any new paint colors for 2022. The best we got was Elon responding to our friend John from the Tesla owners of Silicon Valley Club saying simply, yes, when John asked, can we at least get another color option in the USA? This was in response to the launch of the two new colors, Midnight Cherry Red and Quicksilver out of Giga Berlin for the European market. And Elon saying yes to that. That happened back in October, so it wasn't that long ago. Still, I am not going to award myself partial credit for that. So another zero for me, and I'm off to a really rough start for my 2022 predictions. Next up, Model X. I said this, I will make the boring prediction and say that the Model X doesn't see any major updates or changes in 2022. The Plaid X will really start to roll out, obviously, but no other notable changes will be made to the X. I hope I'm wrong on this one. Well, I guess I get a point on that one, but I'll be honest with you, I don't feel great about it. That was a pretty lame prediction, but it did prove to be correct. The Model S, the Model S did at least get a notable change, new headlights and taillights. That happened back in February of 2022, but the Model X indeed didn't get anything at all. So one point for me on this prediction to get me on the board. Next for the Model Y. I said, I predict the same thing I've been saying for a while, and in 2022, we'll know for sure whether I was right or wrong. The Model Y 2.0, as I've been calling it, the one with the 4680 cells and structural battery pack, will not have a materially different range or performance than the existing Model Y. I think there's going to be a transition period from the 2170s in Fremont to the 4680s in Texas and Berlin, and I think Tesla will opt to use fewer cells in each car and instead build more cars with their limited supply of 4680 cells, particularly when they're already selling every Model Y they can build. Well, I will take the point on this one. We did get a different Model Y made with the structural pack and those 4680 battery cells. That, of course, being the off-menu Model Y standard range all-wheel drive, but that car had less range than the long range, obviously, and it certainly did not set any new Tesla records in the performance department either, so that is one point for me on that one. So that was S3XY. Now we move to cars. C for Cybertruck. I said, I predict the quad motor base price, i.e. before the few options there are likely to be, will be about $90,000 or $89,990 to get really specific. As for the dual motor, I'll go $70,000 or $69,420 just because of Elon's sense of humor. And 
he's used that price point before with the pre-refresh Model S. Well, this entire prediction obviously hinged on the Cybertruck going into production in 2022. And since that didn't happen, I obviously don't get a point here. 0.0 points for me there. So you may be wondering, well, sexy cars, what's the A stand for? And the answer is the ATV, the Cyberquad ATV. My prediction was this. The Cyberquad for kids has me convinced that the real Tesla ATV will get made. I had previously doubted it would ever end up seeing the light of day, but I still don't think it will do so anytime soon. I'll repeat last year's prediction and say that the ATV will not be available in 2022 alongside the launch of the Cybertruck itself. I think it's going to be a while before the Cyberquad is available. Well, again, the Cybertruck didn't ship, and so of course, the Cyberquad didn't ship, and for an extra punch in the gut, the Cyberquad for kids got recalled. So I guess I could give myself a cheap half a point for the, I think it's going to be a while before the Cyberquad is available, but I'm not gonna stoop that low just to get some extra fake points in this entirely made up fake game where I'm the only one playing. Zero points on that one. That leaves R and S, R for Roadster. For 2022, I predicted this. I said, I really can't wait for next year's predictions because that's when I think it's finally going to get fun with the Roadster. But once again, it's obvious that the Roadster is at the bottom of Tesla's to-do list and I completely understand why. Anyway, I'm gonna have to repeat another prediction and say that we won't get any meaningful updates on the Roadster in 2022. I'd love for Elon to immediately prove me wrong on the earnings call that's coming right up. Yeah, about that can't wait for next year's predictions. Well, we'll get to that shortly, but another pretty lame point here, but I will take it. We sadly did not, as predicted, get any, not a single meaningful update on the next generation Roadster in all of 2022. In fact, we got zero of any kind of update whatsoever. We, we didn't hear a word about this car in 2022, so I will take the point there. And finally, for the semi, S being semi-truck, I said, I guess I'll predict that Tesla delivers no more than 10 of them in 2022 as pre-production trucks that they'll be able to learn a lot from to adapt for general production. Well, my past self, you were wrong. Tesla delivered 36 proper final production trucks, semi-trucks to PepsiCo. So again, no points for me. I think this is probably, it must be my most brutal showing in this, again, entirely fictional one-person game since I started playing it four or five years ago. Although, wait, hold on. Before I get to the new predictions, I did make a bonus prediction last year. I said, I predict we'll get a new Gigafactory announcement in 2022. Not any actual groundbreaking and certainly not any car production. They'd have to have broken ground already for that to be even remotely possible. But I think the next site will be chosen and publicly revealed. And I'll even double down on my bonus prediction by saying where it will be regionally, if not specifically, I think it's going to be a second plant in China. Well, just to make myself look extra bad, 
this was completely wrong as well. Although, as you heard on last week's podcast, rumors were hot and heavy right at the end of the year that we were going to get the announcement of Giga Mexico. It did not happen, although I am recording this at 6.01 p.m. as I look at the clock now on December 30th. So if this happens on New Year's Eve, I guess I could retroactively go back and and award myself the point. But for the time being, it is another zero. Thus taking my final tally for 2022 Tesla predictions, sexy cars predictions to three points out of a possible nine. That is pretty terrible. But in my defense, it's really hard to predict the future at all let alone with this very rapidly moving, rapidly evolving company that we all know and love that is Tesla. Let's see if I can do better with this year's predictions. And here we go. Per Elon, back in early 2022, this year, 2020, I have to get used to saying that, this year, 2023 is going to be all about launching cool new products for Tesla. Let's hope that's true. As I teased at the top here, I'm going to change the format this year because I'm, I don't want to be shoehorned into having to make an ATV prediction every year. Or, and of course, the semi is out. So, I'm, I mean, yeah, I could say something lame like, it'll switch to the 4680 battery cells sometime in 2023. But uh, I thought rather than just chain myself to some silly format, I will simply just make a handful of predictions. In fact, I've got eight of them written down. So the same eight that I made, that I've made in in previous years. Here we go. Prediction number one for Tesla in 2023. I'm going to repeat my Cybertruck prediction from last year, but with a slight tweak. I think the quad motor base price for the Cybertruck, which I'm highly confident we will get in 2023 because... If we don't, that means the Cybertruck didn't come out again, and that means it's really, really late, and that will be a worrisome thing. So anyway, I think the quad motor base price, again, with no options, no FSD, no anything else, is going to be $95,000. We know the quad motor is going into production first. I'm honestly very doubtful that we're going to see any dual motor versions get made this year. They will come, of course, but I think every Cybertruck that leaves Giga Texas in 2023 is probably going to be a quad motor. I would love it if the dual motor also arrived so that it's not just the super expensive versions. And if you, you know, if you're waiting for the dual motor, you have to wait even longer, even if you're towards the front of the line. But that is where I think this will go. Quad motor only. I think it's going to be $95,000. Uh, FSD could take you up to 110. That's assuming that Elon doesn't decide to raise the price again sometime in 2023. And, you know, maybe there will also be a white interior option and or a power vault cover option. Like if they decide to, to make that power retractable vault cover an option rather than a standard feature. But I'm just going to focus on the MSRP of the high end Quad motor version for now, 95K, mark me down. Prediction number two. I talked about this recently, but 
I predict you will see Cybertrucks getting flipped for $150,000 or more on auction sites and private sales. Now, maybe I'm cheating a little bit with this one because this isn't like something that Tesla really has control over. But again, I'm loosening my own rules on this. I think it's something you're gonna see happen. And it's something that a lot of you are probably interested in. Some of you may even consider flipping your Cybertruck if you are fortunate enough to get one in 2023, because if there's a lot of money to be made, well, sure, you know, you're gonna think about it. It's it's a legitimate thing. So uh, there is the bottom line here, there is going to be a massive desire from enough people with enough money to be the first person on the block to get a Cybertruck. It's gonna have a cool factor, and for a while, it's also gonna have a rarity to it, a scarcity, and I think people with deep enough pockets are gonna be willing to pay a serious premium for the opportunity. So that is my prediction there. $150,000 or more, I think we will see Cybertrucks get flipped for. Prediction number three, I think we're gonna get Giga Canada and Giga Mexico announcements within 60 days of each other. Uh, I wanna give myself, you know, not too much room. I thought about making this prediction for within 30 days, but 30 days really isn't a lot of time in the business world. So I think I'm gonna go with 60, that's still only two months, but I'm not sure which one's gonna be first. Now those recent reports, as you'll remember from last week, seem to suggest that Mexico is gonna be the first one announced but I really do think that both of those are gonna happen more or less at the same time and be built more or less in parallel, similar to what we've seen with Giga Texas and Giga Berlin. Prediction number four of eight. As much as I'd love to predict that the first Roadster deliveries will happen by the end of this year, because remember, the last official update that we got on the Roadster came from Elon on one of the year's early earnings calls. He did say, he did mention 2023 with regard to the Roadster when he said, Semi Cybertruck Roadster 2023. Of course, the Semi ended up being 2022, so go figure. But I do not think that's gonna happen. I think the Cybertruck is gonna take up all of Tesla's collective engineering brain power, and, and their focus as well. I think it's gonna, it's gonna require the company's entire focus to launch it as smoothly as possible to get the production ramped up. I just don't think the Roadster is gonna be brought through its final stages of pre-production in Fremont, which is where we're expecting the Roadster to be built, while the very crucially important Cybertruck is entering production in Austin. Therefore, I'm saying, I think the Roadster slips into 2024, but I will optimistically say that I do think we'll hear something meaningful about the Roadster this year. Whether that's a firm release window, whether that's a look at the final production version of the car, whether that's some details about what the final version of the car will be able to do in terms of range, performance, you know, and how that's gonna differ from what was announced back in 2017, or something else. I don't think we're gonna go through another year of radio silence on Tesla's supercar. Prediction number five. 
The reports about Project Highland, AKA the large effort at Tesla to revise the Model 3, has left plenty of room for predictions. So here's mine. I think the Model 3 revision will give a minor styling refresh, but not a full redesign. And the reason I say that is because if you just think about it, look at history. History tells us the Tesla has never done a full redesign on any of its cars. And to adding on top of that, the Model 3 is only five years old. The Model S is 10 years old and the Model X is seven years old and neither of those has gotten a total clean sheet, complete redesign from an exterior perspective either. So can you rely on what Tesla's done before in order to accurately predict what Tesla will do next? No, you cannot. Tesla is always rewriting their own rules. They are a nimble company, which is one of the things that I love about them. So it is entirely possible that I end up being dead wrong on this. In fact, as I often like to say, I'd be thrilled to be wrong because I'd love to see a totally redesigned Model 3, but I think it's gonna be a fairly similar car to the one that many of us have now from a design perspective, but under the skin, it's gonna have serious changes, structural battery pack, 4680 battery cells, and single piece front and rear giga castings. Prediction number six for 2023. I predict that hardware four is going to be a big deal in 2023. Duh, that's not my prediction. Uh, my prediction is I think it's gonna go into all five cars at roughly the same time. In other words, around the time the Cybertruck goes into production in the middle of the year, I think it's gonna go into all, all the cars at once. S, X, 3, Y, and Cybertruck. Now, perhaps it means even starting out in the currently in production cars. Maybe they will just start putting it into the S, X, 3, and Y first, and the Cybertruck trails behind by no more than a couple of weeks. But my prediction here is that all five Teslas will get hardware four at about the same time. I'm also going to predict that it's got more than the eight total cameras we have now. We know radar's coming back. That would not be a good prediction to make because we already know that from Green the Only's leaks from the reports. But I guess, you know, we don't know it, but we're quite confident. But yes, I will, I will add that secondary prediction here that it is going to have more than the eight total cameras that we've got now. Prediction number seven, my penultimate Tesla prediction for 2023. So speaking of Tesla history, Tesla history unfortunately tells us that it's more likely than not that the switch over to hardware four, if indeed it's got additional cameras compared to what's in our cars now, is going to require a decent chunk of time and data from the fleet in the field before it starts getting fully taken advantage of. We saw this with Tesla's switch from Autopilot 1 to Autopilot 2. There was a lag in features on the Autopilot 2 cars for a while. 
We saw this with the switch from radar-based autopilot to vision-only autopilot. Heck, we still don't have the same speed limit. You could, on the radar-based autopilot, you could autopilot up to 90 miles an hour. We still don't have that back yet. We're up to 85. Uh, And some of you, to give it a third example, some of you are living through one of these transitions right now with the switch from the ultrasonic sensors to the cars with no ultrasonic sensors. So as such, I am going to make an, and admittedly, you know, I try to be optimistic on this podcast, but I'm going to make a somewhat pessimistic prediction here, and that is that the FSD beta will remain in beta at least through 2023. Again, I'd be thrilled to be wrong, but I just don't see Tesla turning this on as a quote-unquote shipping product for everyone who's paid for FSD until the Tesla team has had ample time to gather a ton of data from the fleet on Hardware 4 and to really take advantage of the new cameras the higher resolutions, and presumably that aforementioned HD radar that we're expecting Hardware 4 to have built into it. So while I definitely think there will be progress made on the FSD beta, I was lucky enough personally to be one of the people that had the beta for all of 2022, and as you've heard me discuss along the way, I've watched it improve by a good deal I don't think it's going to be quite ready to move out of the open beta that it's in now at any point this year. I think that's going to have to wait a little bit longer. And my final prediction, prediction number eight for Tesla in 2023, I think that we will get that new paint color for the non-stainless steel fleet in 2023 here in North America. Now, what color that will be, I'm not sure. I don't think that Tesla will go to the trouble of introducing a new color that they'll then have to support for decades in service and in body repair, all that stuff. So I don't think they're going to go to all that trouble introducing a new color and everything that entails and make that new color something obscure that no one's going to buy. So I think we can rule out yellow. I think we can rule out purple. I think we can rule out orange, anything like that. But I could see a darker green coming back, not exactly the same dark green from the early Model S days that was so dark green, it was almost black in all but direct sunlight. I could see maybe a trendier color, like say a Nardo gray or a chalk white to be introduced, or maybe I'm overthinking it a bit, and maybe Tesla simply brings silver back. Even, you know, maybe it's the exact same silver that they discontinued in 2018, because logistically that would be easier for Tesla to do than to bring in a new color. Uh, Or perhaps it could be Quicksilver, although Elon has told us that only Giga Berlin is capable of making that color in exactly the way we have seen it out of Giga Berlin. Or maybe it will be a new lighter shade of silver, But I do think we're going to get a new paint color for S, 3, X, and Y in North America in 2023. All right, so there you go. Mark me down. File this away. I'll revisit it in a year's time, and we'll see how I did. 
And if you've got your own Tesla predictions for the year, hey, feel free to send them in. You can either email me, teslapodcast at gmail.com, or you can call in with it. I'll give you the call-in instructions for the Ride the Lightning hotline a little later when I get to the Ride the Lightning hotline coming up in just a bit. But first, I've got one, two, three, four news stories to walk through with you this week. Again, it was not a quiet week, despite it being a holiday week. First up, and by the way, I'd like to apologize for my voice because I can hear it going in and out. I've, uh, it's just one of those, like, I don't have a cold, I'm not sick, but it's just one of those things where the voice has gone a bit scratchy on me here. So please bear with me, I appreciate it. So, news-wise, Tesla hit an important production milestone for those crucial 4680 battery cells. I say crucial because, as we've talked about so many times over the past couple of years, the 4680s are the key to the next 10 years of, te- of Tesla. The next decade of the company really hinges on the 4680 cells, the, the high volume production of them, the low cost of making them for Tesla, uh, the, the structural battery pack nature of how those cells will be integrated into the cars. These are crucial pieces of Tesla's present and future. And here in the present, There is a milestone to celebrate. Tesla took to their Twitter account to say, congrats to the 4680 cell team on achieving 868,000 cells built in the last seven days equal to 1,000 plus cars. So the exact math there would of course be 868 cells per car, but Tesla did say 1,000 plus cars. And so let's just say, I'm just going to round it closely. Let's say it's 850 cells per Model Y. And at the only, and the only Model Y being made with the 4680s that we know of at this point is that aforementioned Model Y standard range all-wheel drive. So that means that in order to feed just the Model Y production lines in Giga, Texas, once Tesla has fully ramped up that factory to 5,000 cars per week, Tesla needs more than 4.25 million cells every single week to be made at Giga, Texas's battery cell production line and that pilot line in Fremont. You can double that to add in Giga Berlin, by the way, who also expects to be at, at full volume, 5,000 cars per week by the end of Q1. And then, if indeed the Model 3 switches over to the 4680s with the Project Highland revamp in the back half of this year, you will need another four and a quarter plus million 4680 battery cells per week. And then, the big battery quad motor Cybertruck is probably gonna need double the number of cells than each Model Y. So you're talking about eight and a half plus million 4680 cells per week for volume production on the Cybertruck. Now, Cybertruck might not reach volume production by the end of this year. I know that is Tesla's goal, but they'll at least be closing in on that. So. All of this is to say that you start to do the math 
and it becomes pretty clear why other car companies have had such trouble scaling up their EV production, regardless of demand levels. Because in order to do this at scale, you need to feed the factories an absolute avalanche of battery cells on a continuous basis, week after week after week, in order to make even one car at volume production. Tesla is making, well, soon to be three cars at volume production. The S and the X comparatively are not volume. You could, you know, well, just for the sake of this argument, let's, let's call those not volume production, even though there's still a good number of them being made on a, on a weekly and certainly yearly basis. But it is an order of magnitude difference. That's my point. So there you go. Uh, the 4680 ramp continues, but it is good to see. So, and Tesla's clearly not where they need to be yet with the 4680 cell ramp, but they are making good progress and we want to celebrate that. Something we're probably not going to celebrate is this next story. The state of California has passed a law that prohibits Tesla from calling their autonomous driving system full self-driving. So you may recall that I had mentioned this when the bill first came up. Well, it has now gone into law. Here's the write-up from Tesla Rati, who writes, Senate Bill 1398 was one of the hundreds that Governor Newsom signed into law. The new law takes effect in 2023 and specifically targets Tesla's name for its software. The bill was sponsored by Senate Transportation Committee Chair Lena Gonzalez, who claimed that Tesla falsely advertised its tech and that doing so was a safety issue. The bill was sponsored after the California Department of Motor Vehicles claimed that Tesla's FSD was, quote, false advertising. An excerpt from the new law reads as follows, quote, a dealer or manufacturer shall not sell any new passenger vehicle that is equipped with any partial driving automation feature or provide any software update or other vehicle upgrade that adds any partial driving automation feature without, at the time of delivering or upgrading the vehicle, providing the buyer or owner with a distinct notice that provides the name of the feature and clearly describes the functions and limitations of the feature. A manufacturer or dealer shall not name any partial driving automation feature or describe any partial driving automation feature in marketing materials using language that implies or would otherwise lead a reasonable person to believe that the feature allows the vehicle to function as an autonomous vehicle, as defined in section 38750, or otherwise has functionality not actually included in the feature. A violation of this subdivision shall be considered a misleading advertisement for the purposes of section 117. One, three. Well, my suggestion here, if Tesla does indeed have to change the name, why not just call it Autopilot Plus? Now, you may think I'm making a joke, but I'm actually being serious. If Cal, you know, California is where Tesla does a lot of its business, and if this is, this is a situation now, this is a bill that's been signed into law, if the name has to change, I'm actually serious that the best name that I could personally come up with was Autopilot Plus. And the reason I say that is because number one, everyone is now conditioned to things being called Plus 
It's the new common thing, Disney Plus, PlayStation Plus, etc. And Tesla already has a ton of name recognition slash brand association with the word autopilot. So autopilot plus then also implies, okay, the basic autopilot comes with the car. Autopilot plus is a plussed up better version of that that doesn't necessarily say it's full self-driving. So autopilot plus was the best thing I could come up with. Now, you could blend the existing nomenclatures here and go again with autopilot as the basic thing included with the car. You could do autopilot plus as the replacement for enhanced autopilot and maybe something like autopilot max as the equivalent of the FSD. So this, uh, I decided to make this the subject of this week's Patreon poll, and I'm glad I did because I got some really great responses in the comments. Uh, here's what you guys had to say. So I, I said, what would you rename FSD to with a little description of the situation that I just told you about? 40% of the respondents said went with Autopilot Plus, 5% said Autopilot Max, 13% went with Autopilot City Streets, which was another one I conjured up for the purposes of this poll. Just 1% went with, obviously, my lamest suggestion here, which was Autopilot Evolved. And then tying for first in this poll was Other, which I in which I asked you to leave a comment below, 40% there. So 40% voted Autopilot Plus, 40% voted Other, and there were a lot of good suggestions down there. And some of the most common responses, because a number of people either agreed with some of the other poll respondents, the other commenters, or just also suggested it. So not FSD, which of course fits in with the Elon sense of humor, not a flamethrower, etc. So not FSD was a popular one. I agree, that would be fun. And I think that would probably, it probably would pass muster with the California lawmakers, you know, they, they would roll their eyes and they would know exactly what Tesla was doing, but it would be not FSD, right? So that was a popular response. Uh, future self-driving was another popular response. So you could still keep FSD as your acronym, but just call it future self-driving. I like that one. And then advanced automated driving was another one that two or three people suggested. So so there you go. I want to thank everybody who voted. Again, the Patreon poll goes up every Tuesday night at patreon.com slash Podcast. You do not need to be a Patreon backer to vote in the poll each week. So do check it out if you'd like to participate in that. Have a little fun with us each week. Uh, next up this week, the IRS has released a list of manufacturers and models that will qualify for the new federal tax credit kicking in now. Thank you to loyal listener Bob from Austin for sending this in. So right on the IRS's page, you click on Tesla and you get the vehicle description. And next to that, in the next column over, you get the applicable MSRP limit. So you have the Model 3 rear wheel drive limit 55,000. Model 3 long range MSRP limit, 55,000. 
Now here's where it starts to get interesting. Model Y, all-wheel drive, seven-seat variant, $80,000 MSRP limit. Again, you'll a lot of this will sound familiar because we have talked about it before, but now as things are getting settled in, it we got a little we got a couple of weird things to sort through. Model Y long range, seven-seat variant, MSRP limit 80,000. Model Y performance, seven-seat variant, MSRP limit 80,000. Model Y all-wheel drive, aka the standard range out of Texas, $55,000 MSRP limit, and Model Y uh, Performance, five-seat variant, $55,000 MSRP limit. So, as you, as your brain probably uh, tied itself in knots as you heard a couple of those, because the MSRP limits on a couple of these make zero sense. Why is the Model Y five-seat long range, aka 90 plus percent of Model Y sales, capped at an MSRP of $55,000 as if it was a sedan. Unfortunately, unless this changes, it means that no five-seat Model Y long range is eligible for the credit, if in fact I'm reading this correctly, and I did dig a little bit further into the Tesla community to make sure I wasn't crazy, and I'm pretty sure I'm not on this one. The same is true for the Model Y Performance, which lists an $80,000 MSRP limit for the seven-seat version that's never existed. There has never been a seven-seat Model Y Performance. Tesla decided not to build it, and everybody that had a, an original reservation for it from back at the unveiling in 2019, they had their money refunded to them or they were asked to pick a different version of the Model Y. And then you have the five-seat Model Y performance, AKA the only Model Y performance, has that same $55,000 MSRP cap. So in summary here, in short, the only Model Y that will be eligible for the $7,500 credit here is the Model Y long range seven seater. So does that mean that everyone in North, in the US, not North America, in the US is gonna just start ordering that and just go ahead and fold down those two third row seats because you don't want them and don't need them? Well, the math is in your favor to do exactly that. It's an extra $3,000 for the seven seat option. So you'd still come out $4,500 ahead by ordering a seven seat Model Y. Meanwhile, on the Model 3, the long range seems like it qualifies, except for the part where the cheapest version, the base long range Model 3, as we've gone over before, is $58,000 and the MSRP limit is $55,000. And then of course the Model 3 Performance obviously would not qualify either. So just that base Model 3, which as I've mentioned before, makes that car a really good deal, in my humble opinion. It, it brings it under $40,000, 39.5, for a 270 mile range LFP battery, meaning 
you actually get 270 miles of daily usable range since the LFP battery is meant to be charged to 100% on a regular basis. And you also, with that good deal, you're getting basic autopilot as well. So that is uh, that is some good stuff right there on the base Model 3. Now, previously, there had been a question of whether or not the base Model 3 was going to qualify for the full $7,500 credit due to the fact that the LFP battery was seemingly sourced from China, which does not gel with the terms of the Inflation Reduction Act tax credit. But it seems as though for the time being, at least, the Model 3, the base Model 3, the rear-wheel drive base Model 3 does qualify, thus bringing the base price of that car down to $39.5. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that later in the podcast with regard to my wife and I. So uh, I will sum this up, or I concluded, I guess would be a better way to phrase it. I will conclude here by saying, again, here's hoping that Tesla has it in them to lower the Model 3 long range's price by $3,000 so that customers can qualify for that credit and thus get more Model 3s into the hands of more people. Finally, to close out on a bit more of a fun note this week, Tesla posted what I found to be a very neat recap of the company's achievements in 2022 to their Twitter account. So allow me to just go through this with you, or for you, real quick, because I think it's pretty darn impressive what they've achieved. Listen to this. Expanded the supercharger network to all 50 U.S. states and reached 40,000 superchargers worldwide. Opened the supercharger network to non-Tesla EVs in 15 European countries. Started Model Y deliveries from our factories in Berlin and Texas published our third impact report. Model Y and Model 3 ranked as the most American-made vehicles. Model Y and Model S received five stars and the highest overall weighted safety scores from Euro NCAP under the current protocol. Shipped 87 new major features in 11 over-the-air software updates. Made our two-millionth vehicle at our factories in Fremont and Nevada. Launched Plaid Track Mode for maximum fun and zoomies. Hosted our second AI day and introduced Tesla Bot to the world. Launched two new colors for Model Y in Europe, Quicksilver and Midnight Cherry Red, both made at Giga Berlin. Opened Mega Factory, our new Mega Pack factory in Lathrop, California, capable of producing 10,000 megapack units per year. Delivered our first Tesla semis. Published the North American charging standard, opening our EV connector design to the world. Launched Tesla Electric in Texas, enabling Powerwall owners to generate, use, and export sustainable energy to power their homes. Continued to ramp vehicle production at Giga Texas and Giga Berlin, with both building 3,000 Model Ys per week in mid-December. Reached 500,000-plus solar panel and solar roof installations. Enabled anyone in North America who has purchased FSD to request FSD beta, reaching 285,000 cars total. Achieved a record output of 4680 cells, 
with total amount of cells produced in one week equaling 1,000 plus cars. Of course, I talked about that earlier in this podcast. Broke the Volkswagen Beetle's 1969 record for most sold car in Norway with the Model Y. So congrats to the Model Y for breaking a very old uh, Volkswagen Beetle record in Norway. And then they concluded by saying, to be continued in 2023. Well, Tesla really did do a lot of amazing stuff in 2022. And again, more exciting things are on the way this year, highlighted, of course, by that long-awaited arrival of the Cybertruck. I will say, though, that of that entire list that I just read to you, my favorite thing on there is the launch of the Tesla Semi. Uh, I just, I really want to see Tesla clear out their quote-unquote backorder list, if you want to phrase it that way, because now that the Tesla Semi is out the door, you've got two cars left on that list that still need to get made, the Roadster and the Cybertruck, and at least one of them will be getting checked off in 2023. So uh, as for 2023, we'll get the fun started with the Q4 2022 and thus uh, uh, the overall 2022 production and delivery numbers on next week's podcast. So I'm looking forward to seeing exactly what those numbers are, and I will do some discussion and analysis of those on next week's podcast. But for now, it is time to hear from you guys in the Ride the Lightning Hotline. I've got a few of your phone calls queued up, ready to go, right after this. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief, out. Welcome to the Ride the Lightning Hotline. It is your chance to be featured on the podcast via your phone call. If you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic for the podcast, give me a call. There are two easy ways to do that. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record your question, and please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many callers each week as possible, and then email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can just call in and leave a message anytime on the Ride the Lightning hotline. It's a toll-free number. Dial it up whenever you like. It's 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they are special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Let's kick it off with our friend Brian from Pennsylvania. Hey, Ryan, Brian from Wapwalton, Pennsylvania. Uh, I did end up taking that buyout, and so I am driving a new Rev Performance Model Y. Uh, a couple comments on this one, because this one does not have the ultrasonic sensors and I'm not a fan of not having those. Those were so nice when you're parallel parking and just anywhere, just and not having them. It's like, ugh. And we're having nasty weather here in Pennsylvania, and so my backup camera's dirty and I can't see out of it. So I'm relying on the two side cameras. But yeah, hopefully um, they get this one worked out sooner than later. It seems like they 
should have had that figured out first, then made the change, not, but, yeah, whatever. The other thing I noticed today while sitting at a supercharger, I went to play a game and plugged my Xbox controller into the center console, and it was, wouldn't work. And I'm like, oh, great. And, well, actually, it tells you how to plug it into the glove box USB, which I don't like that either. Like, so I got to sit there with my glove box hanging wide open. If there's a passenger there, they got to deal with it at their knees. You got to unplug the uh, USB stick for the dash cam. So I, I, maybe I'm sounding like a whiny person here, but I don't, I don't understand why, why that is. That just seems stupid. Uh, unless maybe I'm missing something, but eh, whatever. Driver profiles. Do you all? I have not heard this yet, but I am a little behind on listening to episodes. Do you all know that you can now save your profile to the cloud? I didn't realize this until I was taking delivery of the new car. I was like, why is my icon, my picture, showing up on the car of the new one? And I was like, oh. And so I went over to the old ones. They still was it's actually still in my app because of the buyback. They said it will take maybe a week or two for it to drop out. But it gave me the option to save one of the profiles in my car to my cloud profile. I attempted to do it, but it didn't work. So I'm waiting to see if they can get my driver profile from the old car onto my cloud profile so I can get all my settings saved and moved over. And um, so, yeah, not... I wish I would have known this earlier and realized that this happened. I'm not even sure when it started happening, but at some point it did not too terribly long ago. And um, this has been a little lengthy. I'm sorry, Ryan. Cheers. Thank you. And hope everyone's having a great holiday. Great to hear from you, Brian. And thank you for giving us your real-world feedback on the lack of the ultrasonic sensors on your new Model Y. Speaking as someone who just had them, and now you don't have them. So you've got a particularly valuable perspective here. I'm with you. I hope Tesla is working with the appropriate level of urgency to restore the functionality that was lost with the removal of those parking sensors. Now, as to your other comments, I don't think you're missing anything regarding the USB ports, though I do confess that I've never heard of the car requiring you to plug into the Xbox controller in the glove box USB port. Uh, I'm somebody that doesn't have a glove box USB port in my Tesla, so Tesla must account for that though, thus making it seem strange that your car told you to do that. Uh, as for the cloud profiles, those arrived back in the summer, which is super awesome. Uh, hopefully Tesla's able to get your old one up into the cloud for you soon enough. But overall, it sounds like you're happy with the new Model Y, which I am glad to hear after you went through some, shall we say, turbulence with that first one. Next up, we'll stay on the East Coast and talk to Sean from New York. Hi, Ryan. Sean Bloom from New York calling in again. Happy New Year and Merry Christmas to you and your family and, of course, the two dogs. Quick question. My buddy has a Model 3, and recently the handles haven't been closing fully. He was thinking about putting WD-40 on it. I told him I would call you and ask what your suggestions are. Anyway, keep up the great work and have a good 2023, and I look forward to the next podcast. Thank you. 
Hi, Sean. Thank you very much for the holiday and New Year wishes. I hope the holidays have treated you well. Also, what well, sounds like they're not treating your friend quite as well as he'd like, or I suppose that blame should be directed at his Model 3, not the season. But anyway, I mean, without knowing exactly what the underlying problem might be, it's impossible to say for sure, but WD-40 definitely can't hurt the situation. I looked up this issue, and that was indeed one of the recommended fixes to try. So give that a go. But if that doesn't work after two or three spritzes, I would then probably stop. And and maybe at that point, it's best to make a service center appointment from there. Good luck to him. And thank you for your call. And the third and final call that I have time for this week also comes from the East Coast. John from West Virginia. Hey, Ryan, this is John from West Virginia. I just called in, left a message. My question pertains to taking a driver's test of the Tesla Model 3 or Model S or X. If there's anything that should be turned off, my son's getting ready to take his test, and he'll be taking it in our Model 3 um, in West Virginia here. And I've turned off a lot of stuff on him, but um looking for some guidance. Didn't know if we had any drivers, student driver teachers out there that might know. So I appreciate any input. This is a great question, John, and I confess I don't know the answer off the top of my head. I'd presume that the instructor who gives the on-road portion of the driving test would be able to answer that best, but because uh, certainly your son won't be the first person to take a driver's test in a Tesla. I'd suspect that as long as autopilot or FSD beta are not activated, meaning your son is in control of the Model 3 at all times, that you should be golden. I would also recommend putting the car in chill mode just so that the instructor doesn't, the, excuse me, the instructor doesn't get jostled if your son accidentally gooses the throttle a little bit too hard, be it out of nervousness or inexperience or whatever the case may be. I'll tell you, this reminds me, I still remember taking driver's ed and as part of that class being out on the road with the teacher and I, I specifically remember it was a Chrysler Cirrus. Now, maybe you remember that car, maybe you don't. Uh, I know a lot of the younger listeners probably have no idea what that car is, but it was just a generic, pretty boring sedan of the, the late 90s. I guess m- maybe mid to late 90s. The only part of that drive that instruction that's uh that on-road test that i remember from driver's ed is a part where the instructor asked me to 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 get onto a freeway so i'm going up a freeway on-ramp and this is in uh the phoenix area and so it was and the the on-ramp was going up as i mean many of them are but so it's literally just trying to go up up the on-ramp to get on the freeway and the car had practically no horsepower. Like I vividly remember my foot was on the floor. I was flooring it and the car was barely accelerating up this uphill on-ramp. Now that won't be a problem for any Tesla, even in chill mode. So uh, John, if he has not already taken his test, good luck to him. That is all the time I've got for phone calls this week. But again, keep your calls coming. I promise I'll get to more phone calls on next week's podcast. I gave you the call-in instructions at the top of the segment, and you can always also refer to them in the episode notes, the episode description as well. Stick with me, though. I still have some more Ride the Lightning to get to. 
I'm going to tell you about my little uh, close encounter, shall we say, with possibly grabbing one of these $7,500 off Model 3s right at the end of the year. But uh, And then their pro tip of the week, that's also coming up right after this. Well, as I've teased a couple of times during this episode, my wife and I came maybe not super close, but we thought long and hard about buying again, because this isn't the first time we've considered it, about buying a base Model 3 for her to replace her aging Mini Cooper with the $7,500 discount, the the $7,500 deal that was going on uh, here at the end of the year. It was on inventory cars, but we decided if my wife's going to If she were to do a Model 3, it would just be a base white Model 3, black interior. I mean, an actual base model. Anyway, so I'd been checking on the inventory page a couple of times here and there. And here in the San Francisco Bay Area, just nothing, nothing was coming up. And then every now and again, I'd check in again and uh, some long ranges would pop up. And those were just, that's too much car for her. We don't need to spend that much. It's just, she doesn't need a 350 mile range dual motor car. Uh, And then a couple of days ago, as I'm recording this, so I think it was on the 28th, I happened to be sitting down at dinner and I just pulled up the page again and several base model threes popped up, which meant Tesla probably just was cranking out batches of them for this exact purpose to try and move them before the end of the year so that they can count towards their Q4 numbers and their overall 2022 numbers. And, you know, we sat, we we were actually sitting at the dinner table as when this happened, as I checked this and these cars popped up and we could have had one. Like they were, there were several sitting right in front of me, probably could have just grabbed one if we wanted it, but we talked through it. And the, the things I said to her, were, well, I mean, the, the ultimate bottom line was, I said, well, do you need this car right now? And the answer is no. Uh, you know, she, it just, it, that's just it. The end, the end, the bottom line is the answer is no. So that plus the fact that hardware four is coming and that's, you know, if she's, if she's going to keep a, her next car for a long, long time, which she plans to, and she's done with this mini Cooper, then I would rather have a hardware four car than one of the last hardware three cars that's probably not going to be upgradable. So that was a major consideration uh, in in this as well. And then we are, you know, we're still considering the Cybertruck option as, uh, you know, waiting, just waiting that long a few years down the road for our place to come up in line on the Cybertruck. So we held off for now. I mean, it's hopefully a number of you out there got some good deals Yes, we we seems like we've got this tax credit kicking in at least on the base model three now. So uh, it, it really wasn't necessarily a, a limited time offer, quite. A, but we weren't sure. You know, that wasn't we weren't positive about that. So hopefully, some of you are are new Tesla owners, or at least have a new Tesla. Maybe you've already had one before. But yeah, we we thought about it, we discussed it, and decided to to hold tight for the time being. Uh, hey, real quick, I just wanted to give my impressions of the holiday software update now that I've driven it for a week. I gotta say, I like it a lot. I really like the cards being back in that lower left corner. 
uh, the you know you've got the music card by default, but then you swipe to the right and you've got your your trip, the, sort of your latest, your watt hours per mile on your your current trip and your since you last charged. Uh, you've got your tire pressures there as well. So I really like that uh, the return of the cards and the the relocation of the music card over to the bottom left, which was more or less unused space previously. I like that that top skyline is being utilized again. The garage door opener activate button is up there, which is nice. It's just, it's it's a much cleaner, more user-friendly experience now. They've, you know, they've rolled in some of the V10 stuff back into V11 that they had initially buried in V11. So I'm very happy with it. It's working well. Thank you again to the Tesla software team for working so hard to get that update out in time for the holidays. And real quick, I'll give you an entertainment recommendation. I do enjoy the stand-up comedy stylings of Tom Papa, fellow New Jersey guy, and he's got a new Netflix special called What a Day, which is very good. So check that out if uh, if you are looking for some laughs on a good stand-up comedy cent- uh, special. Here's your pro tip of the week. Speaking of New Jersey, it's from Joel in New Jersey. Hey, Ryan, it's Joel from New Jersey. I got two very important pro tips that happened to me with this frigid cold winter we've been having. Um, one was uh, we went to open the door, and because the windows wouldn't go down, we, the door actually opened, but we couldn't get the door to close. Uh, when I lo- looked around online, it turns out the windows will freeze if water gets inside of them, and that's what happened. We had a you know a heavy rainstorm, and then immediately went down the sub-freezing temperatures. So you have to kind of take a credit card and you you run it in between the window and the door and you can break the ice to eventually get the window to go down. It took me about 10 minutes where the window wouldn't go down. I couldn't close the door. I had to heat on, trying to heat the door up. But uh, so that's one thing. And then the same thing, that same trip on the way home now. So I'm driving home. And because of the freezing temperatures, I didn't want the windshield wipers to go off. It wasn't raining. So I actually shut the windshield wipers off. But when you go into autopilot, the windshield wipers turn on to automatic. So even though and my windshield wipers were frozen, they tried to move and it started, you know, and luckily the ice broke and then the windshield wipers went, but then they were, you know, going crazy. So it's something people should know is if you go into autopilot, you can't shut the auto wiper blades off. So I just thought your listeners should know that because uh, two things um, that can plague us in the uh, winter weather here up in New Jersey. Thanks. I love the podcast. Joel, thank you kindly for those two winter weather tips. I'm going to add on to this and then give two other recommendations that I've heard from other owners who've gone through this over the past week or two. And it seems like most of North America has been hit by this polar vortex or whatever it's called. First, disable auto-folding mirrors in weather that's that cold and icy so that they don't get frozen in the tucked-in position. And then second, with regard to the windshield wipers, I've read that you can leave them in service mode when you're not driving the car to help prevent them from getting stuck. So hopefully our combined tips, Joel, can help some folks out. Stay safe out there. And if anybody else has a pro tip of the week, please send it my way. You can do so via the the same 
ride the lightning hotline uh, method that I told you about earlier in the podcast. All right. Some friends of the podcast before I go here. First up, abstractocean.com. So much stuff. In fact, I'm going to jump on there real quick and just see, because I have not been on there lately. I'm going to click on Model Y and just see what we've got. Oh my gosh, they've got a ton of stuff here. So multicolor front and rear footwell lights. And they show a, they show blue, but you can just program, you can just change it with a remote to any color you want. So that's cool looking. You've got... Uh, three-port USB hub that you can just plug right in. Glow-in-the-dark handle covers for the Model 3 and the Model Y. That's interesting. You've got, uh, let's see, storage bag for the wheel covers on the 3 and the Y. If you've got, like, the 18-inch Aero wheel, for instance. Uh, Model 3 or Y screen mount for rear passengers to put on the back of the seats for the, for the second row. Just all kinds of stuff. So check out abstractocean.com, click on whichever Tesla you own, check out all the all the awesome aftermarket accessories they've got, and drop everything you like into your online shopping cart, and then use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout to get 15% off of your first order. Again, that's RTLPODCAST, all one word, there's no space in there. How about the snap plate, which you can get for the S- 3x and y at everyamp.com slash rtl that is the front license plate bracket that i highly recommend if you either need to or want to install a front license plate on your tesla make those fix it tickets go away it's gonna go on there nice and and safely and securely but it's a clean minimal design it won't leave any unsightly hardware behind if you decide to remove the front plate. Maybe you're going to be detailing the car. Maybe you're going to be showing it at a car show or cars and coffee. You don't want that front plate on there. So grab your snap plate for any of the four Teslas at everyamp.com RTL. How about budgetsafesolar.com? A, an alternative to Tesla Solar that I highly recommend you check out. Again, maybe Tesla Solar is going to work out great for you. I hope it does. Then you'll be all nicely integrated with your car and home solar system. But if Tesla Solar does not end up being the right fit for you, check out budgetsafesolar.com because if you have the slightest interest in installing solar on your home or business, act now. Uh, For California friends, you've got that new... I don't know if it's a law, but the new policy that was put into effect that I told you about a week or two ago from the California Public Utility Commission that's going to be seriously reducing the credit you get for for, uh, feeding power back into the grid. So if you act quickly, you may be able to avoid that because that goes into effect in April. So uh, just check them out, budgetsafesolar.com. They also are there to add energy storage to your system. As, uh, as part of their the services they offer. As for me, progress has been made on the, uh, on the red tape bureaucracy nightmare that I'm currently, my wife and I are currently trapped in. In fact, let me just see, what was the last, where is it? Uh, let's see, I think we've got, we're good on PG&E now, so we are, we are getting, I think, slash hope, I'm gonna knock on wood. I think we're very close now. 
I think we're very close to finally being able to activate our solar system. Uh, all right. Anyway, next up, another friend of the podcast, of course, is Immaculate Reflections. If you and your car are in or going to be in the greater San Francisco Bay Area, you will not go wrong by visiting Immaculate Reflections. Their website is irdetailing.com. They've got uh, a Yelp page if you want to just see what people are saying about IR detailing on Yelp. So it's yelp.com slash Immaculate Reflections. You can check out uh, some of his work on Instagram with the handle Immaculate underscore Reflections. And again, there is a discount waiting for any Ride the Lightning listener who books work with Immaculate Reflections. Maybe you want to do ceramic coating, which is a, a you know next generation version of wax, of waxing your car. It lasts three to five years instead of you know six months. So you only have to wax your car. You, you're, you're only doing that once every three to five years. So that's a plus. Maybe you want to do a paint protection film on some or all the car, or maybe some uh, paint correction. Anyway, irdetailing.com. And if you reach out to them through the website, mention that you're a Ride the Lightning listener and there's a nice little discount waiting for you. puretesla.com slash RTL is, as always, your one-stop shop for your dash cam and sentry mode needs. They use a micro SD-based solution, which is just quite frankly more reliable than a USB flash memory uh, version of this. The dash cam and sentry mode are constantly reading and writing, so you need something reliable. Get something super reliable in there, such as the kits that are sold at puretesla.com slash RTL. $49 will get you the 128 gigabyte kit. $69 will get you the 256 gigabyte kit. Free shipping anywhere in the U.S., or a modest shipping fee for international shipping. They also sell the nice wireless game controller kit as well, if that's of interest. You can get all of it, again, at puretesla.com slash RTL. Finally, there is the Patreon. We've started a new year. This is year number, like, calendar year. What are we at here? This is year nine. I actually had to do the math on my fingers. It's like, wait a second, because I started it in... August of 2015, and now we're into 2023. This is the ninth year. We're in year eight, but it is the ninth calendar year that I've been doing the podcast. And whether you've been listening all the whole time or whether you've just joined me fairly recently, my hope is that at some point in time, hopefully it's now, if not, hopefully it's soon, that I will earn your support on Patreon, because that is the way that you can totally voluntarily choose to support the show. The podcast will always be free for you every Sunday at 6 a.m. Pacific, 9 a.m. Eastern. But my hope is that perhaps at some point you will choose to support me on Patreon because, as is, I hope, obvious, a lot of time, a lot of research, a lot of love, a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of effort goes into putting this podcast together each and every week. And I do enjoy doing it, but I do rely on the support of the community, of you guys, to help keep me going. So you can see all of the different Patreon tiers and all the little bonuses attached to each of them. And the bonuses stack up. The higher you go, the more bonuses you get. All that, again, is at patreon.com slash Podcast. You know, there's the, the that $10 tier I always mention at the top of the show, 10 bucks a month 
or you can do it as a once a year and do it's what, it's $114 for the year because you get a 5% discount for, uh, for doing an annual pledge. And that will get you not only the weekly lightning round bonus mini episode, but you'll also get early access to this, the regular weekly show. So check all that out again at patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. You can email me anytime. My email address is teslapodcast at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram, same handle, DMC underscore Ryan. Fair warning, my Twitter is mostly video game stuff because that's what, you know, it's, I use Twitter for my day job. And my Instagram is all Tesla stuff. Although admittedly, I don't post there as often. I probably post up there two, three times a week, whereas I am on Twitter on a, at least every weekday I'm on Twitter. I, I've sworn it off on the weekends just to take a mental break. But anyway, if you're interested in following me on either of those social media networks, that is how to do it. Finally, before I go, I would like to say hello and thank you to the Plaid, Maximum Plaid, and Roadster in Space tier backers and say, give them a shout out and say thank you all for your generous Patreon support, generous ongoing Patreon support, I should add. So first, the Roadster in Space tier backers. Thank you so much to Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Rolf and Jennifer Evers, Howard Anthony Smith, Victoria Iacoveto, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, and Carol Weston. The Maximum Plaid Group, thank you so much to Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, The Galpin Family, Ryan from Las Vegas, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Ulrich Lassa, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisniewski, Gil Cabrera, Watley, Eric Brown, Mark Eversole, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Maitsuaru, Derek Nesselrote, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Alex Brem, Tyler Smith, Corey O'Donnell, Matthew Graham Droneberger, Scott Gillis, Aaron, John Cody, Andre Kent, Joel Sapp, Kim Bay, Paul Casarino, Richard Corley, Chris Osborne, KB, We Drive Tesla EV Luxury Car Rental in Oahu, HaloBengals.com, Chris Pratt, Ken Epstein, Doug Carey, James Gregory, and Adam Lavoy. Thank you all so much. And then the Plaid supporters as well. Let me say hello and thank you to George Cassiopo, David Brander, Logan Willis, Jason Chalukas, Tim Hyde, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, Dory and Steve Guberman, the Tesla owners of Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Dennis Peake, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, the Lydia family, Aaron Altschul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, the Tesla Owners East Bay Club, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Travis Krenzel, Matt Nixon, the Tesla Owners Club of Wisconsin, Jonathan Zelezny, Ish, not Elon Musk, T. Kirk Lowry, Peter, and the Bear Boys of Colorado. And uh, I should actually remind myself here, I'm going to be sending out the 
Zoom Hangout, the Patreon Zoom Hangout invites for the month of January. I'm going to do that next weekend. Probably going to tentatively aim for probably Saturday, the 7th, January 7th at uh, 2 p.m. Pacific. I just need to double check first and see if Zelina has a puppy training class or not. But uh, I think even if she does, it'll be over by then. Anyway, I'll get those invites sent out this week. That is uh, the Maximum Plaid and Hire group. Uh, will be invited to that as always, along with any a one-time invite for any anybody that makes a new or increased Patreon pledge. You get a a one-time thank you email, uh, excuse me, thank you invite to that monthly Zoom hangout, and I look forward to chatting with a bunch of you there. So for a snoozing Daisy the Boxer to my left and. Uh, Zelina is out. I can hear some barking every now and again. She's, uh, I guess (laughs) just doing some play barking out there, probably playing with my wife or daughter out in the living room. Anyway, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This was Ride the Lightning episode 387. I've been telling you for a while and it, it begins now. 2023 is going to be a super fun year for Tesla, which means it's going to be a super fun year on this podcast and it's going to get started even sooner than you think. So stay tuned. We're going to have a fun year together. Stay with me. I appreciate your time in listening to this podcast. Your time is valuable. Thank you so much for spending it with me, and I will see you next week. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.